Hello and welcome to Locked On Marlins, your daily Marlins podcast, Monday edition with me, Peter Pratt. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Miami Marlins underscore UK. Do not forget that underscore. Guys and girls, this is a, well, it's officially an emergency pod. I have literally landed in the UK back from sunny Tenerife. First off, stunning holiday. Second off, it is torrential rain here in Leeds. Nevertheless, I turn, first thing, what do I do? Plane lands. It's not even at the airport yet, not at the terminal. Turn on my phone, 97 notifications. 97 notifications! I was like, what the hell is going on? And the news has dropped that Derek Jeter has stepped away from the team, resigned. I'm not quite clear on what the right language is for that. Nevertheless, Jeter is gone. And that means Lockdown Marlins is here for you. Here for me to help me well, through this conversation, because I've got to be honest, I haven't had enough time to digest it. So I have brought in my fellow UK goat, Sean Barrett is joining me. Sean, how are we doing? Yeah, I'm pretty good. Yeah, but as you said, pretty wild scenes to steal mm-hmm. one of your lines. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been crazy. Um, I've just been on, on Twitter and doom scrolling for the last couple of hours. It's been uh, It's been pretty mad. Absolutely. Just wild, wild scenes. I just... I've sat here for the last half an hour thinking about this show, this whole situation, and I'm still, I'm not sure what to think, to be honest with you. I'm, I'm really not quite certain, but between us, we'll kind of navigate our way through this a little bit and just give our, I think all we can do right now is just give our snap reaction to it and work with the information we have to hand. We'll probably look back on this in a few weeks, months, years, who knows, and go, wow, these boys were wildly off on this one, but... For now, we'll get into this. We're going to do a full Derek Jeter has gone, resigned, uh, I guess, fallout episode, really. Um, but need to let you know this episode is brought to you by Bet Online. And Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. And Sean, for us, where I would like to start is with what Derek Jeter has actually put out there. I think let's start with. The facts, let's call it that. And for me, the most pertinent line, I assume you've, you've got to read, I won't read the whole thing, um, but I assume you've, you've read this too. But for me, the most pertinent line in this, let me just get to it a second. I'm, I'm, I'm scrolling as well. <laughs> oh no, wrong one. <laughs> I've got it if you want it, Pete. No, I've got it, here we go. The vision... For the future of the franchise is different than the one I signed up to lead. That was the key line for me. When you kind of take it all away, it was the key bit. He's done four years. It was a five-year contract. We hadn't really gotten into what the extension could look like, etc. But for me, that was the telling line in the whole thing. The vision for the future of the franchise is different than the one I signed up to lead. Sean, can you try and translate to me what you think that means? I'll also try and do the same, but that for me, unless you think I've missed anything, but for me, that was the key line. And I think that's, I think that's the, the sentence that everyone's going to look on to. And I think for me, what that says is that this mutual agreement maybe wasn't so mutual. Obviously, the the you said just said fallout. They I think they have fallen out. 
between Sherman and Jeter. That was the, you know, that was the, when they first took over the team. It was a Sherman Jeter regime. They were they were one A and one B as far as names. You couldn't write one without writing the other. Mm. Um, and the fact that there there seems to have been uh, a falling out over whatever it could be. Obviously, Jeter's going to say it's about the, the direction of the team. Is that financially? Or is that decision making? Has has the team taken the decision to say that there are other play, other people in the organisation that they want to have a bigger say in things? I'm speaking pre- pretty much about Kim Ang. Mm. You know, that's that's how I would look at it. It's like it's one or the others. I think most people have taken on the idea that it's the financials and that he was promised X, Y, and Z as far as the financial. Um, capability of the team and that's not what he's seeing now um, you can blame a whole host of things you know you've got the the pandemic and the, the lockout or the impending uh, shortened season and say yeah the, that's why there was maybe not as much money as they'd previously hoped um, but ultimately yeah that is the biggest takeaway for me is that the the two uh, basically big names of the ownership he was you know they were locked in together and they've had this falling out it's possible. I mean, when when something shocks you, like this has shocked everyone, it typically, at the heart of it, leads to a, a disagreement, a personal disagreement, and someone throws their toys out the pram and says, bollocks to it, I'm out of here. That's usually at the heart of these types of things. I just... When I look at this sentence, and I've been thinking about it, the vision for the future of the franchise is different than one assigned. Like, let's look back. When we think back to when Derek Jeter, Bruce Sherman arrived, I, I really, it's Derek Jeter that's been the one. He's been the baseball side. And the vision that he outlined when, he, when they, they took ownership of the team, they've been executing that. Like, we're still in, we're in the cusp now of the window opening because of the vision that has been executed subsequently. Like, the timing of this feels weird too, as well, not just in terms of the negotiations, but like, all of that hard work, in basically, they had to just tear it all the way down and then ramp it all the way up. And let's be honest, listen, we're Marlins fans, we see it. Others see it too, beyond Marlins fans. They know where this franchise is at right now. It's on the cusp of, contending maybe isn't the right word, but, they're a legitimate baseball club now. Derek Jeter truly has turned this this franchise into something to be proud of, in my opinion. Everything about the Marlins is first class. Okay, you could point to and say the Major League roster isn't truly, and there are better rosters and there's more expensive rosters, but as a whole, the Miami Marlins, the, the ballpark looks immense now. Everything they've done around the scouting, development, the drafting, everything they do in the international markets as well. Everything's first class. The way they operate, the way they do everything in the kind of communities as well. I, I just, I think Derek Jeter did an incredible job. And I think he was the perfect figurehead for this. And for him to, at this point, and listen, I think as well, the heart of, for Derek Jeter, he hates losing. He's been a winner Forever. Forever. He's never been in this spot before. And to jack it in now, when the Marlins are on the cusp of starting to win, seems odd. The timing feels odd. Really, it does. 
Um, and points probably more to what you're saying, Sean, is there's been a, a, a disagreement of sorts. And yeah, has Derek Jeter been fired? Maybe he has. I don't know. Do you think he's been fired? I know it's saying they've they've mutually agreed to it, but do you think he actually has? I think I think that's another interesting thing. That whole idea of a mutual agreement—it's mm. never really mutual, no. like truly fifty-fifty. No. Um, and a lot of people on Twitter were talking about the idea of oh, Jeet is leaving because of this and that. And one thing you've got to factor in is you're presuming that Cheetah left, yeah, and not that he was removed. Bend. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's still early days. We're talking about it hours after the fact, and all we've got is a couple of statements. Um, uh, but, you know, the reporting's going to come out, and, you know, we should all have Mish on our notifications if you don't already. 100%. Um, and, yeah, it's going to it's going to take a couple of days. Uh, the good thing is, Pete, you've got some content for a little while. 100%. I mean, you, this could be a daily, this could truly be a daily Marlins podcast this week as the, the fallout ends. You're right on that, Sean. I think that's what loads of people called out was, Pete, A, where's the episode? And B, you've actually got some real stuff to talk about. What that says to me is they don't want any more trade proposals from us, Sean. We won't put any more of them out there. But actually, interesting segue there. Some are pointing to the fact that Jeter may have thrown his toys out the pram because the financial backing isn't there to go and take it to the next level from a roster perspective. We know they were outbid with Marte. Avicel Garcia, they got done. They traded for Stallings, but you know, low uh, roster dollar amount, let's say. But could that? Could you see that being an, the, the actual root of this where Derek Jeter saying, listen, we need to go out, sign X, Y, and Z. We need to take the, the spend to a certain level. They've said, no, the money's not there. And he said, well, screw you then, I'm out of here. Does that seem plausible? I'd, I'd be really surprised. I mean, that is the... That is the main opinion that's being floated out there at the moment. I just think that the fact that it got announced completely out of the blue, the fact that players, active players on the roster, were finding out when the statement was released, mm. that says to me that it happened very quickly and it was an emotional response from somebody. Yeah. Um, and I think, to, to, what, 10, 15 million? I think that's the number that they're talking about. That he was that was promised and is now not going to be delivered. If that's even true, that to me just seems such a small. It's not a small detail, but it's a small detail for G to just go and wipe my hands of this and moving on because that is a really big decision for him to make. If that's if that's what's happened, and I just don't see that being the case. I'm completely with you. I read that. I did. I read the same as you. Um, you know, like you said, we're, we're, we're kind of scrolling through Twitter, Twitter trying to get some nuggets, some information, um, some facts. And the reality is, all we've heard from is Derek Jeter's statement he's posted. And yeah, yeah, for me, the the key bit in there, the key follow up then is, okay, well, what is the vision then right now? That, that's the question that needs to be posed to to Bruce Sherman. You know, if if Derek Jeter saying the vision for the future of the franchise is different than the one he signed up for, well, the question to you, Bruce Sherman, is what is the vision? And why is that misaligned to what Derek Jeter had in his mind? And that's the key kind of missing piece we got right now. It's absolute bollocks that Derek Jeter is walking out on this because he's not getting 15 million to spend on, a, on an outfielder. It's total, that, that's nonsense. He's four years in, he's built this from the ground. The Marlins are about to start winning. Derek Jeter is not going to turn his back on that. The reality is, in this relationship, Derek Jeter is a very minority stakeholder. 
And with that, if someone wants you gone, you will be gone. And that's just the way it works. And it's funny. It reminds me back to when uh, me and Craig were talking about Adam Duvall and where he said, you know, basically the, the, at the time or the face didn't fit from a, from a management perspective, you know, and that's an interesting thing. And maybe this has got to the point, same situation, you know, Derek Jeter, the name is massive. He's obviously just gone into the hall of fame. One of the most famous baseball players there's ever been. And in my opinion, I think has done a great job. I, I truly believe that. And, but the reality is in, in the kind of ownership group perspective, he owned what 5%, less than 5%. So he's there to be shot at if people want him gone. The reality is he's going to be outvoted and will be will be ousted. So, yeah, I think it's really, really, really intriguing. I guess the, the next fallout, though, Sean, and you've already touched on it, is Kim uh, is supposedly going to be maybe taking more of, more ownership on the baseball side and the decision-making. I think the decision tree historically had been, I guess, the main front office dudes, including Kim, but effectively, Derek Jeter, finger on the button. I think they're effectively going to remove that and have Kim maybe as the maybe the final decision maker. Does that? I, I'm I'm not against that anyway. Even in even if Derek Jeter was still there, I would have been okay with that. So, what's your kind of take on that? Do you see kind of Kim stepping up to take more of a I guess an, an ownership role in decision making? Yeah. So you just called it decision tree, and the way I see it is that obviously. You just said earlier about Jeter, you know, the team has done this X, Y, and Z while Jeter's been there. I mean, yes, but I mean, how much of that can we attribute to Jeter? How much mm. can we attribute that to everyone? There's always, you know, it, it, it takes a, it takes many people in the organization to make these decisions. But the way I see it now is that Jeter previously was in this role and now it's going to be Kim Ang and she's the person that signs at the bottom of the, the page. Mm-hmm. That's that's the, we've made this decision. I agree with this. Let's go and do it. Yeah. That's how I see it, and I think that's fantastic news because yes, while Gito is the perennial winner and he he knows how to win, he's still very much um, in his infancy in in sort of that role. Mm-hmm. Kim Ang has decades, literally three decades of baseball experience in in those types of roles. It makes sense that you know when she was brought in and they had to sort of work through a process but if the team and sherman in particular is impressed with what she's done and that's led to this decision mm. then i'm all for it you know at the end of the day as as the owner he gets to pick his people and you know if he's seen good things from ang and he likes what the direction that she's taken then by all means yeah he's he's writing the decision to put her at the top yeah, really, really interesting one. Uh, I'm going to follow up on that shortly. Uh, before we do that, it's time to get into our first ad of the day. And also coming as well, there's some uh, some interesting analysis put out there. I say analysis, opinion maybe from David Sampson, uh, which is a slightly different take. Uh, there's also an, a nice one from Justin Turner. So a few different opinions floating around. We're going to get into them shortly. But uh, before we do that, it's time to tell you about our first ad. And it is Bet Online. Uh, football might be over for the season but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props, to where the next fired coach is going to land. <laughs> BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. 
And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, UFC odds, right to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today. Use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right then, Sean. I, the Kim, I, I'm with you on Kim. I, I love the hire. I, and I think actually the funny thing is, is Derek Jeter, I think, was probably the main person that called that. Um, you know, it was it was him picking the phone up to Kim and made that happen. Let's not forget that. But totally with Kim being given, you know, ex- expanded responsibilities. If that's if that's what the reality becomes, totally with you. Like you've said, this is Kim's bag. She's done this. She's been in this kind of circle for years. Derek Jeter, he's been in baseball circles. Knowledgeable dude, of course, absolutely. But yeah, maybe not a kind of in a front office position. So I like it, and I, I'm intrigued to see what they do on the the CEO front. Uh, who comes in? If that, what kind of role? They may play. Really intrigued to see who that could be. Uh, I still feel quite a significant degree of sadness that Derek Jeter won't be seeing this through. And it's partly because I don't quite know why yet. I think that's at the heart of it. That's why I'm a little bit uncertain. But I think I think giving more responsibility to Kim, I'm all for that. Was a big fan of the hire. In reality, I've been a big fan of what we've done in this kind of Jeter Kim uh, connection. So we're going to wait and see. There's some, you know, there's going to be some domino impacts on this in the next couple of, you know, couple of days, couple of weeks. Um, What did you make on the timing though, Sean? Because not in terms of four years in before the season, but any correlation perhaps to this ongoing like week of or over a week now of discussions negotiations between the owners of which well effectively Derek Jeter is a minority owner um and the players union it's got ugly um it's happening in Florida I don't know is there any connection or correlation there to the timing around all of this happening and this news or I don't know I'm not sure. I mean, one way you could look at it is that if, it, if we are talking about the, the money, we're talking particularly about that 10, 15 million in salary. Mm. This this period of time that we're going through where we are almost, I think we're almost resigned now to the idea that there isn't going to be a 162 game season. Uh, additionally, there may not even be a, a, you know the expansion of the playoffs this year. That all will, they will have a number. They will have a financial number, the owners, of we were, we are going to lose X amount of money by if we only play this amount of games and we'll lose X amount of money if we don't have expanded playoffs. If, if that information goes through to the owner and essentially they know we're going to lose, you know, 10, 15, however much million, and then that's, and that's forced the decision of we can't spend that money this year now. And then that's turned around and, you know, forced this situation. That might be the case. That's that's how I would look at it, uh, as far as it being why it was now and not four weeks ago when they you know the the, the change in the decision of the financials for this year could be tied to the fact that we we may lose games. Yeah, I I think it's a it's something that could be there. I don't know that I've been thinking on this thread about. Jeter 
is a player. He's a baseball player at heart. And what we've seen with these discussions, these negotiations is the owners, the treatment of the players in general right now is poor, is appalling, actually. That's a better way of phrasing it. Like, And I, I, I just wonder if there's something in there where Derek Jeter has now had kind of insight, more insight into the mindset and has maybe raised some red flags, maybe started to question it, maybe started a line of conversation that maybe Bruce Sherman or the broader ownership group didn't like. And were like, do you know what? Actually, we don't want Derek Jeter part of this circle at all. Um, I don't know. It's just, I think it's really interesting timing just to happen right now in the midst of some really ugly labor discussions where, for me, the league and the ownership group is operating and has been operating just in a terrible way and are effectively, you know, squeezing the life out of these dudes um, who are basically, you know, the asks aren't wild. And all they're putting on them now is going, hey, old deal, DH, but we want 14 team postseason to line our pockets even more. That's effectively what I'm hearing from it all. So I don't know. I just wonder if there's something like that in there somewhere where there's been some, some, friction caused by Jita being one of the players and pushing against some of the the ownership guys. I don't even know if he has that loud a voice. I don't know. But if, listen, if Derek Jita talks in an ownership circle, like you'd have to listen. You know what Derek Jita's like when he speaks. He's very forthright and he's very confident in, in what he's saying for sure. So he wouldn't feel out of place there no matter who's in the room. So I don't know. I'm wondering if something may have politically happened in, in those rooms even. I don't know. Just we'll see. I wanted to get your take though, Sean, on uh, what David Sampson put out there recently, um, which I thought was a, an interesting take. Um, he was <laughs> he was suggesting that this is more at the heart of this is around the revenue challenges the Marlins have continued to have. So off the field, on the field, they've they've done this full rebuild. But as David's put it here. Revenue never close to projections, and that's why the payroll stayed low. Marlins lost significant money each year he was in charge. I'm not sure if he actually knows that for a fact. He maybe does. Owners were tired of putting money in and letting Jeter run the show with no input. Value of team has not increased. I actually don't think all of that is necessarily true, but one thing for sure, Derek Jeter hasn't been able to solve is the attendance problems with the Marlins. He, He hasn't. What he has been able to do is to sort the naming rights. They've got a new TV deal that was better than the one before. So commercially, they have improved the stuff. The attendance problem, though, hasn't gone away. And so there's an element of this, of truth, I see kind of sprinkled through this tweet from David Sampson. You've got to take everything he says about the Marlins with a pinch of salt because he's bitter and he was sacked by by Derek Jeter, so he hates him. Um, But with that being said, um, could the financial element be at the heart of this? I think so, yeah. And as you said, you've got to take everything he says, not quite at face value. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, 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 I listen to his podcast and I see his appearances um, on other shows. Um, and, I, you know, I, the information that he gives is, is useful, but you have to sort of put it through that filter first. And, you know, at the end of the day, he's, he's always going to have that axe to, you know, grind. Um, and to a certain degree, he's always going to make stuff about the Marlins about himself um 
you know, that's just proven at this point. Mm -hmm. You know, at the end of the day, the financial, he is right in the sense of the revenue hasn't been there. We've just had the, I don't, not, don't want to keep bringing it up, but we just have had a, a shortened season through the pandemic and we potentially can have a shortened season again mm -hmm. this year. If we look at the, was it Project Wolverine, which was the, the big sort of file docket of this is what we're going to do to do the rebuild. Mm -hmm. They put in projected revenues that even back then you could look at and go, yeah, that's not actually going to happen. I just don't see that happening. And lo and behold, it didn't. So yes, I mean, the projected pay payrolls that they were talking about at the beginning of the the new ownership were, were built on revenues that they just haven't had. So yes, we know that the financials that we were hoping for, you know, that, that 100, 120, 150 million or whatever those projected numbers were, mm. I always looked at them and thought, well, <laughs> if that happens, that is very much best case scenario, something's completely changed in, in baseball for in Florida. Um, mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, it just hasn't. I think we're all, as a Marlin fan for, for as long as I've been, I'm always resigned to that fact that there's, there's not going to be a 200, now $300 million payroll at the Marlins. They've got to work within their means. Can it improve slightly? Can we get to a point where the <laughs> double digit thousands of fans every game would be, would be nice? I think that, I think there can be incremental changes going forwards but you've the team are on a narrow spectrum of they've got to build a winning team on a low budget and then hope that the money starts coming in they can't do it the other way around it's been tried before and it failed spectacularly so you know it's you've got to take marlin's fanship as a five-year ten-year kind of process you, you it's not going to be year you know, every year they're looking to compete or every year they're going to have lots of people there. It just doesn't work like that. It's a tricky one. The The attendance conundrum, I mean, the reality is the Marlins in, you know, in this period that Jeter's owned the team, I think they've been third or fourth worst overall record in that time. They obviously had one um, playoff appearance in that time. Um, but the product on the field has, has been well below par like they've been rebuilding like fully rebuilding too um and with that you know this it's hard to keep asking you know the fans to go day after day after day paying it isn't just the ticket prices either and this is the point it's the parking it's everything else when you're inside there it's the traffic it's all of the excuses you hear as to why and it's just the frequency of baseball like it's just it happens very regularly, and if the team isn't good, and there's a lot of barriers to go that I've just listed, yeah, it's hard. It's hard. Um, so, like you, it's chicken and egg. This is a chicken and egg situation. The Marlins need to find a way to deliver a winning product on a low payroll, effectively the Rays, create the Rays model, and at that point, theoretically, the fans will come. The problem for the Rays is the fans have never come there. And they still aren't coming, even though the Rays have been sensational for the past few years. Again, the excuses come in. Well, put the ballpark in the right location. That's their problem. They've got some ballpark way out. Um, and they need to fully relocate that one. It's, it's a concerning thing for me, just in general. The trend is poor in Florida with baseball. Like, you've got the Rays heavily... They won the division, what, two years in a row? been to a world series they get 
no fans. No fans. I mean, what does that say about baseball in Florida, in Tampa, or, you know, whatever? It's, it's a worrying, worrying sign for sure. But um, let's pause that thread now because I can definitely go off on that tangent. It's, it's been a question that's remained unanswered, and it's remained unanswered for Derek Jeter, in all honesty, in, in, in his time with the Marlins. He, he could never crack that one. Never, never been able to crack it. Um, I want to finish up on a couple of other tweets that popped up and get your take on those. Uh, before we do that, it's time to tell you about the guys over at Built Bar. Oh, it's the last day of February, guys. It is 28th of Feb. Has everyone given up on their, on their resolutions? I, I hope so, but if you haven't, stick into your resolution to eat right, thanks to Built Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution because you actually enjoy eating them. Here's the main question. Have you tried the puffs? Have you tried them? If you haven't, you're missing out of one of Built Bar's best tasting bars. What are the puffs? The puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. Yep, you got that right. A protein-infused marshmallow. And they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Get yourselves over to Built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15. That's LOCKED15. And get 15% off your order. It's Built.com. LOCKED15. 15% off your order. This episode is also brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning while you wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing only the brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. It's a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. The prices are reliably low for every customer. Get yourself over to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. It's rockauto.com. Sean Barrett. Let's round up. Um, I did see this tweet from Justin Turner that I thought was interesting and was a, you know, an interesting take. His hot take was uh, my sources, common sense and reading between the lines tell me that one of our game's greatest champions, Derek Jeter, is stepping away from a team with one of the best young pitching staffs in the game because ownership isn't committed to winning and spending. Woo! Boy, oh boy, that is that is a hot take. Um, it's something that has been bothering me uh, for some time. I've been pondering a lot on the beach last week and thinking about baseball and thinking about these negotiations and thinking about teams and the sheer amount of them that aren't trying to win, seemingly, right now. Does Justin Turner have... A valid point here in this in this tweet in this hot take. I'm I think it's challenging because again he's he, we're all talking uh, at the moment with limited information and mm. if we weren't currently in a situation where there was collective bargain agreement would Justin Turner have said anything today? Mm. I think probably not. This is this is and rightfully so he is using this as um, ammunition. For the players' union um, to get you know fans on their side, and I am hugely 
on the Players Association. I am as far left onto that as you could possibly be. Uh, so I, I, I can't attack that opinion because as as he, him as a, as a as player is is that's his you know that's his right to look at it, things like that. Um, but having said that, you know we don't know what the inner workings of this of this issue was that le- led to Jita uh, leaving or being removed. Uh, I think realistically we de- we do need to wait on that. But it just because today is such an important day for the agreement, I think that you know that's that's what's led him to to put that out there. I'm with you again. It's all about the time, and it's all about you know what's happening in general, and that's 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 the really interesting point of this is the Derek Jeter timing right in the midst of these negotiations. That's what keeps nagging at me. But I'm with you on that on Justin Turner. I think it's you know it's a clear shot across the bows that you know listen the players are unhappy. It's at the heart of their negotiation. I said this months ago. They want the teams to compete. They want teams to want to try and win rather than just see it as a business and you know and that's it and unfortunately it's a it feels a little bit too far that way right now where it's purely set up as a business and and too many teams just don't want to win i was looking back to the deadline last year and after you know july 1st what did you have i mean approaching the deadline you had what 18 teams selling hard and what, 10 or 12 buying? Like, it, it's pointless if only a third of the league are trying to win and you've still got two months to go and then this postseason and whatever. What's your take on the expanded postseason? Because clearly, at the heart of this uh, negotiation right now, the owners want this expanded postseason. They showed their hand in 2020. We know what they want. Um, they tried to force it through in 2021 and tried to leverage it with the DH. They were wildly, uh, they, were, they were wild off the mark on that one. But clearly, they're going to want it. I think the players are happy with 12 teams, but the, the owners are pressing for 14. I can't remember where you sit. Are you happy with 12? Are you happy with the current? Or are you okay with 14? I, I think I'm, I'm happy with an expansion in, in some way. I think, I mean, you don't necessarily need to add teams to expand it. We've already got a wild card game that's just a single game. Mm. Put that into a free game series. You know, the first round is, is five games. Let's push that to seven and have it all evened out. There are ways to add games to to the the playoffs without adding teams, but I I first started watching baseball just around the time of the wild card being entered in, and I remember all the brouhaha around it of the idea of this isn't you know my traditional baseball. Baseball traditionally has been slow to to make changes and uh, edit it, but. I think the results that we've seen from that over all these years is that it's been it's been good for baseball. I think any any expansion that you do now, you need to be careful because once you get to sort of fourteen, you're you're talking about half the league making the playoffs. Uh, would would that stop, as you said, the eighteen teams from really wanting to compete? Of course it will, and that will help the the you know the competitiveness of baseball through the season, and that's good for fans. Uh, the extra money, if, if if the extra money results in the players getting extra money as well, that's good for the players. You know, yes, in an ideal world, you want to say it's good for the owners as well. But realistically, how much do we as fans care about how much uh, a billionaire lines his pockets? Mm. Uh, I know I don't uh, lose any sleep worrying about their financials. Not at all. 
Not at all. It was an interesting time in this week as well, where the uh, the Atlanta Braves uh, financial statement was uh, released. They're owned by Liberty Media Group, or whatever it might be, and thus um, they're compelled to open their books uh, uh, for the uh, for the stock market. And uh, yeah, it was some interesting reading there that they you know were revenues over five hundred million, and yeah, effectively like a I guess a profit line of over a hundred mil before you kind of get into the oh, all the kind of usual management accounting practices that then follow um, and they start apply, applying various depreciation and assets and all this type of rubbish. Effectively, what it's saying is they had a turnover over 500 mil and 100 mil of that was in profit on a payroll of 175 mil, give or take. So yeah, hugely profitable in the grand scheme. Some people pointed out actually 100 mil profit in, in you know, modern day times for billionaire owners is actually quite small um and if so crack on sell it sell it to someone who cares and actually treats it with the love and care that it that it needs but yeah it's been a wild day wild wild day i don't think the negotiation i haven't really, I even had time to get into the negotiation fallout but i don't think that's gone well either um so that's been a shit show Derek jeet has gone um, we're going to look back on this episode, what, in a day, two days time and try and, you know, understand more. I think this is the time when you let your Craig Mishes get into it, you know, see what information can be gathered and teased out um, from his connections and you know, direct connections with, with Derek, perhaps. I don't know. Maybe Derek will pop on swings and mishes. Uh, if he doesn't, he's more than welcome to hop on here with me for sure. But you know, we'll see if that happens. Um, but I think that's probably covered it, Sean. Have I missed anything from today that you want to bring up? Or are we, are we in the books? I think, no, I think we're there. I think, you know, as you said, there's only so much that we can speculate on. I mean, Twitter has been an absolute fire show <laughs> today. I mean, there's, there's been people on the cliff top wanting to jump. Wow. Um, and uh, yeah, I think we just got to be patient and wait and uh, just be thankful for some non-CBA news. Because it's pretty uh, pretty dark out there at the moment. I'm with you. There's there's a lot of negative stuff. CBA's not going well. Derek Jeter's gone. We've got World War Three kicking off uh, with Ukraine and Russia and whatever. So things are not good uh, in general. Um, like you said, it's nice to have some baseball news, but I don't think this is the type I was looking for personally. Um, my you know my overall summary of this is this isn't good for the Marlins. Um, something's gone wonky in my opinion. And I, I think the Marlins were a better organization with Derek Jeter involved in them. Um, I'm not against Kim Ang taking more responsibility. I would have liked to have seen that anyway, but perhaps with Derek Jeter kind of still in the mix. We'll wait and see on, on which direction they go. But for me, I'm shocked. I'm saddened at the news because I really liked what Derek was doing. I liked, I just liked the fact that he laid out his plan and he was executing the plan. I've said that many, many times on this, mainly though on Fish Across the Pond, where we've talked about that and discussed and over the years, it, it can be hard. It can be really hard when you like, you know, you're losing 100 games a year. But if you can see the actual plan that's laid out being executed, you can buy into it. And I fully bought into that. And I think it's worrying that maybe the plan has changed. We don't know what the plan is yet. Um, and Derek Jeter is now no longer part of that plan. Probably though, at the heart of this, though, there's been a personal disagreement 
and Derek Jeter's being canned. I think that's probably the reality of it. Sean Barrett, I'm going to let you get out of here, mate. And I also need to go and get some sleep because uh, it's been a long, long day. Um, that is us done for today's episode of Locked on Marlins. And I promise you, I'll be back tomorrow. Maybe a solo pod, maybe with Sean. I don't know. We'll wait and see. Maybe with Derek Jeter. Um, so keep your eyes peeled for that. Be back tomorrow with more analysis on this Derek Jeter news. In the meantime, guys, stay safe and back tomorrow.